Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Mark Delgado. Mark is a managing director, GRC business unit at Mitra Tech. Mark, first of all, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. No problem, Tom. Great to talk to you. Mark, could you tell us a little bit about your role as MD at the GRC business unit at Mitra Tech? Yeah, sure. So I have, I have a great role because it's so wide ranging. I get to oversee everything that happens within our business that surrounds our products, our GRC products, and our clients of those products. So I work with our commercial teams, our sales and marketing teams, and our operational teams, support, services, engineering, across across everything that they need to do to be successful and to make our clients as successful as possible. Mark, I have had either the privilege or for my sins worked on policy management since 2004. And I often felt like that particular discipline really did not garner a lot of attention or even support from senior hierarchies and corporations. They recognized the need for policy, but when it came to policy management, it was all spreadsheets, it was all emails, it was as basic a tools as you could have in the corporate world as far back as then and true up until this day. I was wondering if from your perspective, do you still see that as a challenge or are people and corporations finally moving to more automated solutions? It is a challenge. I think it still is a challenge. Often the unsung kind of hero of, of a compliance initiative is just making sure everybody knows what they're doing. It's kind of not particularly sexy, and but it's a, it's a cornerstone. It's one of those fundamental building blocks that unless you get right, you can't really succeed in what you're trying to achieve and you can't guarantee compliance and you can't guarantee operational efficiency unless, unless you, you truly get on top of it. And automation and using automating systems is is the only way to do that really today. What do you see as some of the key benefits of an automated system around policy management? So, I mean, they're very broad and wide-ranging. The benefits differ really depending on who you are in the policy management process chain. So if you start with policy owners and compliance stakeholders, i.e. the people who have vested interest in creating and, and, and disseminating the information, automated systems really give them the opportunity to collaboratively draft and approve policies that are bespoke to employees or groups of employees that, that really make sure that they have the specific information they need to run their specific roles or work in their specific locations. Those platforms then communicate them very easily and comprehensively in a very targeted fashion, ensuring that policies reach everyone and everyone who, to who they're relevant. You request and record attestations from employees to indicate that policies and policy updates have been received and understood. And then, of course, you can take advantage of any automated follow-ups and escalations. So it takes all, the, takes all the manual side of all of that out, which can be highly significant. From an employee's perspective, though, this is often overlooked, is the, the employees get to interact with a purpose-built system rather than emails or a portion of the intranet, which is the other sort of non-automated way of managing policy procedures distribution. So you've got an inbuilt system to work with as an employee that makes, you've got an easy-to-use interface typically, and you've got one place to go to to provide the information you need, the current version of the instructions you need to follow, and one place to go to where you receive reliable future updates. And it's in, implemented comprehensively, which is another another point to making sure these platforms get proper value out of it and proper, get properly adopted. 
comp- is comprehensive implementation. If they are implemented comprehensively, then an automated policies and procedures system can also give employees you know, that single stop shop for everything to do with operational instructions and regulatory policies, consistency in how those policies and procedures are communicated, how those updates are made, and actually, you know, also a single re- single point of reference for those employees to provide them with a library of current instructions if they need to dip into what current policy is on this and what the current operating instruction is for that, then that single place to go to is hugely powerful and useful for employees. And then finally, you've got compliance leaders, those responsible for compliance. They get real-time visibility into policy compliance across the enterprise, regardless of how distributed or complex that enterprise is. You've got that that real-time visibility. And you've got access to a comprehensive audit to feed into either internal compliance assessments or potentially as evidence into any subsequent investigations you need to make. Mark, let me pick up on something you said, because I've never really heard this topic discussed in the way you did. You talked about the benefits for employees, specifically around employee interaction. And I wanted to, to follow up on that to ask, in the age of coronavirus health crisis and the working from home response that many corporations have put forward and will do so apparently for the next six to 12 months. It seems to me that having that not only ease of access for employees, but that real interaction you talked about could be a very positive approach for uh, policy, policy management, and how employees interact with policies. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, and the, the current sort of crisis that, that we're all going through trying to navigate in our own way kind of highlights why an automated platform for policy procedure management is really the only efficient and reliable way to go because we've just gone through the last three or four months where, I mean, my business is anything to go by and I'm sure it's very typical. We've had changes in policy or procedure in one way or another pretty much every week since the beginning of that. Obviously, we had the big working from home kind of revolution that occurred towards the end of March. But then ever since then, we've had updates to this and updates to that. And as an employee, knowing that I can go to one place and be guaranteed to see and be able to reference up-to-date policies and procedures on everything that affects me and everything I need to be successful within and stay compliant within the role I have here in Mitrotech is hugely powerful and enabling for me. The alternative is sifting through emails or emailing my boss at every question I have. It's just not and it's certainly not viable in the times that we're living in right now. And so to maybe follow up on that just a little bit more, are there new tools in the post-COVID workplace around information governance? And is that a trend that was ongoing before COVID-19 appeared, but has accelerated because of the changes? So, yeah, if we look at the broader information governance question, which policy management is part of, I guess, is way broader than just policy procedures. I think the first point that, you know, even though we've gone through a period of a lot of change and disruption to operations generally, regulators, with very few exceptions, have not chosen to retreat or delay implementation or enforcement of regulations around data privacy or financial services operations or any other codes or laws that might come to mind. So as organizations now have to contend with remote workforces, the need for formal and comprehensive operational enforcement of information governance, information governance has become ever more urgent. So in this world, the risk of data that's pivotal to companies' operations or that contains sensitive or private information being accessed and manipulated outside of the security of the corporate network is, has massively increased, obviously. 
in the rush to ensure business continuity as you know as we all very suddenly started work from home organizations that relied on their corporate firewalls to be the ultimate guardian of their data which many did immediately started to struggle obviously as employees you know with the best intentions in a new environment working from home started to innovate and implement ad hoc processes just to continue to operate and serve their customers or just remain remotely productive. Many corporations didn't and still don't have comprehensive VPNs that allow their staff to access corporate networks securely from home. Or perhaps if they did, maybe they existed to support very ad hoc remote working and they were completely and immediately overwhelmed with the switch to 100% mandated working from home. So now you've got that, now you're in a position where if you're a corporate, but you've got to manage the situation where employees are innovating just to stay productive. There's a lot of email that's being used to move data around because you don't have access to the same environments that you would have when you're working inside the office. And even worse, sometimes now you're using personal email accounts to do that, to get around certain restrictions that corporates have on email. You're faced with that kind of challenge as well. And of course, employees are often working on their home computers. So you now have the risk of of corporate data, sensitive corporate data being saved, potentially inadvertently, but all the same, being saved to, to home computers. So not only does this expose businesses to regulatory non-compliance risks, data privacy risks, for example, we also now have a huge headache in ensuring that everyone is working efficiently and effectively with the latest and correct versions of data. I mean, working with incorrect or out-of-date information is at the heart of countless operational, financial, contractual, and regulatory risks. So yes, that's a massive challenge for corporates. The core of any information governance strategy has got to be a centralized digital repository for warehousing personal data and controlling and auditing access to it, as well as to other mission-critical documents and other material. Enterprises already make use of those repositories. In fact, pretty much every single enterprise does have some form of central repository or central repositories, but few enforce their use strongly or broadly enough to be comprehensive here. One of the reasons for that is that the repositories they use do not have the sufficient breadth of capabilities to support all the operational compliance requirements that are in place today. So the sort of things I mean there are, can they support the vast volumes of data that corporations need to hold? Can the information be collected efficiently from the myriad of different sources that are in place? Can it be analyzed to sufficient granularity to understand its significance or relevance to a specific contractual regulatory obligation? Can access to it be secured and audited to the appropriate granular level? Can it integrate seamlessly into all operational areas of the business so the right information can be made immediately available to any authorized personal system? And can information be automatically disposed of completely and comprehensively once its operational, legal, or compliance uses have passed? So clearly, not only properly addressing all these requirements is not possible without a central digital repository, it's equally important, if not more important, to have the right one for your business so that you can meet all of your requirements and obligations. Mark, could you tell us about a shadow IT management solution and why you feel this is important? So in case any of the listeners are not familiar with the term, because it's not necessarily mainstream, shadow IT covers the vast number of data assets that exist within an organization, but remain outside of IT's control and often knowledge. So typically what we're talking about here are end-user computing assets, such as models, tools, calculators most often implemented in spreadsheets. So every business uses spreadsheet models to roll up areas of their operations, 
finance or sales forecasting are common examples, but there are many, many, many others. It's really common for these spreadsheets to hold data and perform calculations that directly or indirectly feed internal senior management or board reports. But perhaps more importantly, they also feed external authority or regulatory reports. So often there are amongst the most mission-critical data sources in the organization. And anyone who's done anything remotely non-trivial in a spreadsheet will know how easy it is to inadvertently introduce errors or to use data that's out of date in calculations. Often spreadsheets containing financial models can be incredibly complex and it's extremely difficult to spot a material change that occurs over time or detect errors that might be introduced. So even in ordinary times, there are a very large number of these critical spreadsheets and other data assets in use within a business. But in times of crisis, as we're going through now and significant operational change, the rate of growth and rate of change of an organization's end-user computing estate can increase markedly as businesses need to rapidly and dramatically adjust forecasting and modeling for all sorts of different parts of their businesses and operations. So without some form of formal and comprehensive shadow IT management tool, businesses are really putting themselves at significant risk. The best tools are the ones that have capabilities to automatically scan and discover these types of assets within an organization, create a comprehensive inventory of those assets, kind of also log who uses them and why and what business purposes they serve, keep that inventory up to date as things change, and automatically conduct risk assessments of the assets by looking inside the files and analyzing the content. They're the really powerful ones. It's impossible to do this manually. It's far too complex um, and bluntly way too risky to rely on users to take the responsibility to ensure they have full control of what they have, unfortunately. Mark, what would be the top three pieces of advice you would give your clients at this point where we are in the COVID-19 health crisis? Okay, so even, I guess, four months into the crisis or whatever we are now, operational practices, as I said earlier, are still very much in a state of enormous flux. As we entered lockdown, it was sudden and immediate, and that clearly presented a significant number of operational and compliance challenges. But arguably, the journey back to some kind of normality is going to be even more complicated to navigate. Firstly, we don't even know what that new normal even looks like in a detailed way just yet. But getting there is going to be gradual, pretty unpredictable, and fairly inconsistent, I would say. So if you're a business that operates with any kind of geographical diversity, for example, you'll also be faced with changes in COVID-related regulations specific to every geo in which you work, and those changes being introduced at different rates, which makes the problem even more complicated. So managing a program of bringing workforces back into offices where every office has different rules around whether that's even possible or not, and if it is possible, you know how it might be achieved, is a really complex operational problem and one that a lot of our customers are starting to get their heads around right now. This forms the backdrop to the topics that we're discussing with our clients and the advice that's provided them really kind of follows a number of the themes that Tom, you already discussed today. So firstly, to get to your point of the three topics or the three yeah, pieces of advice, firstly, ensure that changes to operational practices can be clearly and accurately communicated. That's key. We kind of talked about that right at the beginning of our discussion. And during all of this change, Operating procedures and policies are in a constant state of flux and ensuring that employees understand current operating instructions is going to be key to staying both operationally effective and compliant, but also proving that that's the case, which is equally important. That's the first one. Second, eliminate as many informal or manual processes as you can. So given we're living in a time of constant change and fast-moving changes to operational procedures, Relying on informal, manual, or email-based business processes to implement and enforce mission-critical or compliance-critical functions 
is simply not sufficient if you're serious about removing human error or minimizing the risk of serious misdemeanor. So automation of processes with an agile and nimble workflow automation tool can be extremely quick spin up and can support real-time updates in line with rapidly changing work procedures. That's really essential. And thirdly, finally, again, we touched on a little bit earlier, take control of your mission-critical information. Take a two-pronged attack here by firstly looking at a central information governance repository to hold and secure access to as much of your information as you can, but also do understand that you'll never be able to achieve 100% comprehensive coverage. So secondly, look to implement a quality um, platform to discover, control, and monitor changes to critical elements of your shadow IT estate, your models, your spreadsheets, and so on, that are created all the time in any fast-moving, agile business. So those would be the three, I would say. Mark, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this podcast, but I was wondering if listeners wanted more information on Mitratech or really any of the topics that we've talked about in this podcast, where could they go? Well, our, our website is definitely the place I would recommend they go to, so www.mitratech.com. It's got a, a whole bunch of information on, on actually a lot of the topics we've discussed because there are a lot of the topics that we're talking to our clients about, our solutions. Lots of stories, customer stories that we've got on there. So there's a, there's a wealth of information on there and obviously some contact information to speak to any of us in the business if you need any further information after that. Mark, I really appreciate you taking the time to visit with me. And if I could perhaps ask as we move forward into later into Q3 and into Q4 and maybe even into 2021, I might be able to call upon you to ask what advice you might give businesses for whatever phase of the uh, COVID-19 crisis we are in at that time. Thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.